welcome to the Everlasting Education Podcast, the best of education. Through a gentle, gentle contempt, contempt for education. education. <laughs> wow, it's like we planned to do that together. Uh, that was really good. Thanks for jumping in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, Scott and Joffrey here, obviously. Uh, this is kind of an impromptu recording today right. because we were chatting about some uh, things that we think are pretty important. And as we were talking about it, we thought, Hey, we should record this. Yeah, this press the record button. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Here we are. So it is, this is pretty impromptu, y'all. Yeah. So thanks for listening in, and I, I hope you enjoy it. I think you know the conversation so far was fun, and I think it'll be good. Mm. We're going to start uh, by reading just a little piece um, for something written before, but. Just want to read this little paragraph to kind of jump us in here. Well, since this is an informal uh, recording, you could do something like I'd like to read uh, uh, a little bit from a piece by a, a giant in education, by a literary genius. But that wouldn't be true. <laughs> this is written by Scott. <laughs> We're going to start with something that Scott wrote, y'all. Here we go. Uh, all right. This is just a, an excerpt from it. While there are many reasons people pursue their education, and some only because it's compulsory, I simply want to assert the fact that what education is for is actually immeasurable. Unfortunately, we are a people who too quickly conflate the symbol for the thing for which it signifies. What does an A on a report card stand for anyway? Discarding arguments about grade inflation or any number of the other factors that go into giving and receiving a grade, what does it really signify? What does the diploma signify? I suggest neither have much to do with an actual education. I further suggest that the student, the human being doing the studying, has changed himself more or less according to the quality of effort he or she has put into his studies mm. or her studies. The, uh, for example, that uh, means someone endowed with a proclivity for educational prowess that gave little effort towards study may end up with the same grade as the student who, not endowed with the same level of intellectual prowess, put forth great effort toward exercising his intellect and therefore changed himself. One changed much, the other changed little, both received a similar grade. My position is that the changed student demonstrates his education to be worthwhile in a myriad of immeasurable ways simply by being, while the unchanged student has simply paid, or his parents have, for a letter on a piece of paper that will go in a drawer somewhere to be mostly forgotten. Mm. A letter that will go in a drawer somewhere. I love, you know, so a phrase that you used early on uh, in that reading was, education is immeasurable and you know we can unpack a lot that's yeah. there but um i i would uh, i would like to add not to correct in your text but rather for our conversation i'd like to say that education is immeasurable but observable it is observe yeah i love that that's a great way to put it because you know if a student we were talking about a student can express themselves well mm. in a, a particular context that would you know demonstrate that's observable, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you see the fruit. Right. And I think that's one of the, the areas that we have been, this is one of the, you know, uh, drums we've been beating for some time is that we, we confuse process, you know, well, we did the course, so I did the things, I got the grade, I must have gotten an education. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I, I found it really interesting that you used uh, intellectual prowess. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I sometimes will talk about horsepower, right? I mean, yeah, yeah there, there are just definitely certain brains and certain minds that, uh, that have more horsepower. But I have to say, like, even just given that, you know, you were being very charitable in, in that description. Uh, I have found 
that there are a lot of students who get good grades. Both they they are not necessarily excellent in the intellectual prowess arena, um, and they also are not changed. Right. Right. Yeah. Instead, what they are good at is navigating the system of the school or of the class or the teacher and simply pleasing the teacher. And, uh, and that's always a, a tragedy. I like that you've got this uh, travel or this, this, you've got horsepower and navigating. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, we're on the road well, here. Yeah, we're on yeah. a journey. It's not, it's, it's not a process, it's a journey. journey. <laughs> well, but, but I think you're right because when you learn how to deconstruct the process, yeah. then you can figure out how to navigate. I, I read about a guy once that figured out, I don't remember what the dance was, but uh, a famous dance um, thing that you could sign up to compete in. And he won it having never learned the actual dance because he figured out what to do to get the points uh, in their point in the grading mm. system. And so he won. He having, gamed the system. He, yeah, he yeah. gamed the system. That's exactly. And, and I think and students, teachers can be gamed. Sure right? they can. Including <laughs> us. Like, that happens. It does. Yeah. Well, but, but a student then at that point is cheating themselves. Right. Right. If they're, if you're just gaming the system, you're, you're cheating yourself. And, you know, I think about the fact that God has given everyone different endowments. You know, um, when, when I think about basketball, it wouldn't matter how many days in a row I spent practicing. I will never jump like Michael Jordan. Right. Okay. I just never will ever happen. Am I dating myself? Cause I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <who's laughs> <Jordan. Yeah. laughs> People are like, who is that guy? He's only the greatest basketball player who's ever lived. But, uh, but you know, there, there's no way because he, he was endowed with a certain, you know, proclivity, a certain bil- yeah. abilities, and we all are endowed with certain things. And then there's other things we have to strive for. So if, if you can get an A by doing nothing, um, you're still cheating yourself. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I think that really what, uh, what the student themselves, what the parents, what the teachers, what, what we're all aiming for is, you know, to, to put it, I suppose, in more contemporary language, you know, a, an education is full, is fulsome uh, when the student learns to express themselves, yes. right? Because they've taken ownership of, of this knowledge and they are, they are now able to, to handle it, to put it out there, to be themselves uh, with other people, ironing, sharpening iron. I love that. And I'm going to qualify what you're saying here because there's lots of ways a person can express themselves, right. and it not be, but express themselves with excellence, right? Mm. Uh, in that particular context. So the creativity and the excellence yes. that is observable, I think is a better measure of education than a letter or number on a piece of paper. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that especially as you get older and particularly in college, uh, students who are, who have that attitude, that attitude of, 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 of creativity, of, of expression with excellence are going to find that some of their best work is not best received. <laughs> and, and that's okay. Like, are you, yeah. are you well enough educated Right. Like has, has, has yourself, your soul, uh, graduated to where you can say, you know what? I did good work. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, as you get older, that's going to happen, but you can't know if you did good work unless a, you worked hard and B you have the context because of all your previous education to know that. And, you know, and sometimes that just happens, particularly when you're, when you're doing work, that's, that's expressive, that's of a higher level. 
um, it, it, your professor, or your teacher just may not like what you have to say because you know they're human too. I know, sir. My wife, my wife graduated um, from uh, from her, her she, from her bachelor's with highest honors mm. uh, in the art department at the school where she was, and her GPA qualified her for it. But you didn't just get highest honors because of your GPA. Now, she was a Christian in an arts program at a state university. Mm. Most of her professors hated her, hated seeing her step into a new class. Uh, and she was a figure of controversy everywhere she went, right? Not the people with the, the dyed hair or the people who like worked in strip <laughs> clubs and made all their artwork about being at strip clubs. But, but she was the Christian. She was the one that caused all the polemics, all the furor. There was one teacher, not a Christian, who loved what she did. And that was why she got highest honors. That teacher went to bat to say, like, I, I get what she's doing. She deserves this. And you know, so she went through most of her college career, like just, you know, the, the professors just didn't want to engage with her to understand her, but the best ones did. And she didn't give up on her educational journey either, yeah. right? Because she wasn't just trying to tick boxes. She was trying to be educated. I think there's a couple of things that stand out to me on that. On, on the first place is the um, the institutionalized thinking that mm. probably a lot of those professors yes. had, right? She wasn't checking the boxes that they're used to seeing, but one teacher had the ability to look and see objectively the kind of work she was doing, the projects she was doing, the things themselves demonstrated, you know, her education demonstrated right. her abilities. Um, the the second part that that is interesting to me, um, you know, in 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 looking at that kind of paradigm is what you were talking about the ability to recognize. Um, I am doing good work, even if my teachers right. don't recognize it. And and I think there, there's two ways that could go. One way it could go wrong, um, you know, where a student's like, well, I don't really care. You know, I, I see this, these yes. people, you know, they splatter stuff and it's like, we don't really care what anybody thinks about my art. I think it's art, you know, and that's, that's a very subjective way. And it's lazy. It is very lazy, but there's also for someone with a liberal education, somebody who has the ability to, to be liberated from those box checking thinking, you know, that, that sort of institutionalization is able in an objective way to observe their own work and say, this is good work or this is not good right. work. Right. It doesn't mean that feedback is, is bad, but th this really gets into the idea of what, who is, who's actually qualified to judge it. Does that right. make sense? Yes. And well, I know and that's you a, have to have a pristine educational conscience to be able to do that. Yeah. You have to know you've been working hard and well, yeah. right. Uh, and you have to have the context, uh, in, in your history to, 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 to know that, you know, I bet right now, a lot of parents who are listening are getting very nervous, right? Like <laughs> how, how are we going to hold our kids accountable if, you know, if, if this is their attitude, uh, because you know, it's, it's, it's safe to be able to measure, you know, by grades. And certainly, you know, I mean, it, it's handy for me to be, be able to look and like, Hey, you know, why are you getting this B or this C, right? Like, you know, yeah. tell me why let's have this conversation. Of course it's useful. And we use grades at Kepler for a reason, <clears throat> but you know, uh, and, and this sort of brings up, I think one of the misinterpretations that could happen if someone read your words, education is immeasurable, right? right? Uh, because, you know, there, there, I think there's, there's a temptation with, with some students and some parents to be like, you can't challenge what I'm doing. Uh, everything is fine. 
you know, and you know, it's whatever, whatever we do is fine because education is immeasurable, right? We, we couldn't pass any tests that you, that, that you threw at us, uh, but that's okay. Education is immeasurable. What would you say to that? <laughs> well, I say that's a cop out, first of all, because this, this is the whole idea of subjectivism, right? This uh. is what Lewis treated in The Abolition of Man. I think Mortimer Adler treats this in his six philosophical ideas. Um, the idea that in art, in, in measuring anything, and, and he one of them focuses on art. Lewis focuses on the human being. We have to be honest, objectively honest, right? And and so you yes. you you sort of talked about it in a minute ago with the grades. Um, grades aren't completely meaningless, right? They they do say something. They just don't say enough. And, right. and a lot of times, yes. what happens That's is we is is we just we sort of discard it. So we don't want we don't want to take the approach when we say it's immeasurable. We're not saying it's all subjective. So who's really the one to to judge? Uh, we are. We do believe there are people qualified to judge, right? Yes. And and using the art idea, there are certain art, you know, artists who could look at a painting and say, "This is worth a certain amount of money. This is valuable because of what has gone on." I might look at it and go, "It looks weird. I don't know, you know." Yeah. And yeah. I I don't have I don't have that ability to judge, and that's the controversy in when we say, "Well, who who has the ability to judge?" This is where character is very important to recognize our limitations, to recognize objectively what is true and what is good. What are we observing? So to go back to your illustration, if somebody gets a C, that doesn't mean, you know, what if a student worked really, really, really hard and they actually changed, they actually grew, they actually accomplished something and they only got the C where the student who didn't do anything right. got the A. But it's worthy of a conversation when you see these, these you know, th- these different grades what does this actually mean? Yes. And I think one of the, one of the traps out there for parents and probably, you know, Kepler uh, attracts a lot of, you know, educationally very engaged uh, parents and, and, and students. And, you know, so there are a lot of, a lot of people listening in and, and a lot of, a lot of Kepler kids out there who go, you know, Hey, A's across the board. The trap there is, did you get educated yeah right you, because yeah. It, it, you know even even with us yeah right you know it's 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 possible to sort of, you know if it's not that you're not engaged in class right obviously you're not going to get an a without without being engaged but were you allowing yourself to be transformed right and i think that really brings in you know we as as teachers and we at kepler you know, we use a certain model of education because that's what we're interested in. We're interested in transformation yes. for for education. And so we try to help the students take ownership of the subjects that we're teaching. And we use a certain a certain method uh, to do that. Yeah. Um so you're you're uh you're referring probably in in many of our classes to the Socratic kind of dialogue, right? right? And and the way that we uh the way that we address this um is through, uh, well, Socrates uses the illustration of midwifery, right? Uh So there's a didactic way to teach where I just say, you know, Joffrey, two plus two is four, right? Write that down. Now memorize that. And we're going to have a a test, you know, and that's didactic teaching. But then, you know, if, um, 
you know, uh, and this is an, a weird example, but I'm just going to use it anyway. Because <laughs> it's the first one I thought of. <laughs> this is what I you know, if Joffrey says, well, you know, I think two plus two is five, you know, then we can ask questions about that, yeah, right? Right. We can begin to ask questions, say, okay, if that's the case, let's, let's do business together, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> uh, because, you know. Whoa, you would take advantage <laughs> of me like that? Well, and then when you realize like, oh, wait a minute, that's not fair. You know, right. then you start saying, okay, so, you know, is that just is there something you know what and then what if we took this and applied it in a different context so we, we begin to ask questions that reveal the fallacies in our thinking it 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 creates or or you know fosters that creativity that we're talking about where students have to be thoughtful not just okay you told me that that's fine but think about why is two plus two four and why is it important that i recognize that why do i need to apply that in my life where is it going to help me you know all the questions that everybody asks because they're thinking through um how these things apply and right. i'm sure that you know had i had some time to think I yeah, that was a terrible example, example. <laughs> yeah. but it was well yeah. well, well illustrated yeah. the points stand uh, yeah you know it's what what we want for our students and i know what what the families want for their kids um is that when they are christian men and women out there in the world that they know what to do with everything that new that comes their way mm -hmm. right uh and so they have to be taught and i and i know that this is just at this point this, these are cliches but these are cliches that we should examine right right um we need to, we, we want to teach them to think. They, they, yes. And the, the great thing is when you're in a classical Christian environment, for example, like what, what Kepler uses, they're thinking, but they're thinking about the right kinds of things. So we want to think about the right kinds of right. things. They're not thinking about trying to get an A or they're not thinking what is the correct answer, right? Because right? so many of the questions that we ask we're not after the correct answer. We're after the conversation to take us to the truth. That's right. Part of the education is in the conversation itself, because as you, as students are listening, as they're engaging, they're thinking, yeah, but what about, yeah, what about, and those yes. are the kinds of questions that are going to help That's us That's when you think. know you have a good class going Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, but what about? What about, <laughs> yes. Uh, we always, we always love those. Well, and another thing that we do is in a lot of our writing, now this can't go across the board because if you're taking a biology class, it doesn't always work this way, but in a humanities, a literature, um, you know, history, uh, philosophy, theology, you're going to answer essay questions, mm -hmm. right? So we're not ticking boxes. You're not going to do, you know, match these up or, or, you know, true or false. We're not going to do that. You're going to talk about this subject matter and you're going to convince me that you know what you're talking about, you know, in, on an exam or, or in, you know, even in just answering the regular questions because it demonstrates, can they express themselves with excellence and can they do it even creatively? You know, mm. um, I, I love, uh, I, I just had a student recently just came to my mind, but, um, you know, he, uh, he was writing a paper on, uh, you know, it was a paper they had to convince their parents that eating a McDonald's is the best way for their, you know, for their family. Right. So <laughs> I, now it's, it's a rhetoric class in, in writing and in rhetoric. And so they had to convince himself and he starts with, um, well, I want to give a few nuggets of, you know, of information, you know, and he kind of unpacks and he uses a bunch of themes, you know, to get, convince his family. Um, and they're practicing, you know, something that we all probably would agree is not a good thing. Yes. You know, what yeah. kind of arguments are you going to awesome. use to convince somebody? <laughs> uh, but he's creative and he's expressing himself in a way. And so when you look at that, you're like, okay, this student's getting it right. Right. Yeah. And, and 
And you're showing the right kind of engagement, right? Because uh, let's be honest, teachers know when you're being a psychophant. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I just had to put that out there. (laughs) I love that. Uh, well, you know, my, uh, my oldest boy who's, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, he did Kepler last year. He's doing Kepler again next year. Um, he, uh, he was, he was in a class with me. Um, and then, you know, several other classes, but he, he was in the Spanish three with me and, uh, you know, I made them write a lot. And, uh, after a few assignments, it, every single one of your titles has been alliterated. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's cute. You know, weeks more pass, whatever. He's been doing this in every single <laughs> class. And the way I find out about it is, um, one of his teachers writes him and copies me, of course, cause I'm a Kepler parent, uh, and says, you know, there may be, uh, I think, I think you're going to get a little, a uh, little bonus point at the end of, uh, of the school year <laughs> because of all your titles. But you know what, what I was, I was really pleased with that because there's, there's not much to that, but, uh, it shows some engagement. Yeah, he right? was like, engaging you know, I, I with care, his I care about this yes. thing. Yeah, he, he cared more than just getting it done and turning it in. He was actually engaged with what he was doing. Right. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, bringing up uh, your your son, uh, we were talking before uh, about another thing, and I think this is relevant if you don't mind me bringing it yeah, in. Go ahead. You know, when we think about the philosophy of education and thinking about creative creati- creativity and excellence, I'm going to get that word out, uh, versus a letter grade, you know, that as parents, we have to recognize that each of our children are going to learn differently too, right? Mm. Because just just like a grade can be a sort of box checking, institutionalized way of thinking about education, so can all my kids go to this school or all my right. kids are, are doing it this way. Uh, students can be different. Different family dynamics are, are going to be different. Different seasons of life are going to be different. Yes. But when we think of education properly, we can realize we've got a whole host of opportunities at our disposal. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that one of the, uh, one of the ghosts that haunts homeschooling families is, you know, insecurity about, am I doing this the right way? <laughs> right. And so, you know, very naturally we cast about uh, for methodologies. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and we don't just look for institutions or schools. We, we look for methods and there, but they something that we can say, well, this is the thing I'm doing. And that's, good enough as, as far as it goes, that's well enough. Um, but you know, I, I think that it's really easy for us to get, to get stuck in that. And, you know, and also we have to be efficient. Like we yeah. realize that like sometimes you have eight, nine kids and you're trying to right? like, even with us, we only had five kids, but, um, there was, there was a long season in which two of them were being educated together mm-hmm. and they were two years apart and, you know, in age, that was just what we had to do right yeah. for efficiency's sake. So I understand all of that. I have been there y'all. But you want to, especially as they get older, to be able to be responsive to who you're realizing uh, your child is becoming and and to ask yourself, well, how much can I tailor to this? Not to indulge them, right. but to push them to excellence. Yes. Well, I think that's the key right there. This isn't this isn't just what can I, you know, how can I let them skate or, or, or give them what they want kind of thing, but, but how do I best help this particular student? And it may be different, you know, to, to succeed in, in, in reach excellence. And that might be different than this student. Right. right. Yeah. Um, which this, this next, you know, comment, you know, may poke the bear a little bit here. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's bear? Um, uh, like well, bear or like no, a big bear no, out there? Big, bigger okay. bear out there. And, and, and that is even in the world of 
classical Christian education. And, and if you could see me, I'm putting the air quotes up All right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we get stuck in this idea that, you know, our classical Christian education and, um, you know, this is, you know, the, um, you know, this is the only way to do it. And, and it's our right. version of classical Christian education. And, and the only reason I want to bring that up is because we're obviously classical Christian educators, right? Yep. But I think it's much broader. There's di- been different time periods where different methodologies or different pedagogies were, um, you know, used and, and there were yep. different things emphasized at different periods of history, but being able to find what is best at, at any point in time and for our kids, and for our kids, that's yeah. key because, you know, you say in history and I know you were thinking through the centuries, which is yeah. very valid, but let's be honest over the last few decades, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, even the, that the classical Christian yeah. education movement has experienced fads and trends. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we haven't been going from strength to strength necessarily, yeah. right? We're not like evolving like some Pokemon, you know, there've been good things emphasized, you know, in the eighties and the nineties and the aughts and <laughs> Scott's giggling because the Pokemon thing. <laughs> that's uh, all right. Yep, that's it. Um, but you know, it's it's very it's certainly very easy to get caught up into the well. I finally found this methodology, and then it's not uh, it's not a big step from there to uh, our, our group is doing it right, and everybody else just they, they don't have it. Yeah. And what that the problem with that besides the the lack of charity that can potentially emerge is that you may be putting on blinders when it comes to your own children. Yes. That, that is so important because when we, we pick this methodology because this is working now and we understand it and, and I don't mean working in a, uh, a pragmatic way, right? It's, 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 it's working for now, you know, the ends justify the means, but I mean, we, we recognize it's always a journey of education as right. you educate more of your, your children, as they get older, we're always learning and growing. And so keeping our eyes open in an objective fashion, you know, in a, in a, in a reasonable fashion to know what are our children's needs at this season of their life? What new things am I learning and growing, you know, and understanding the whole goal is education. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. So, you know, regardless of what methodology you may be thinking of, what institution you may be thinking of, including Kepler. And when it comes to the education of your child, they have just one piece of, of advice. Hold on loosely, <laughs> but don't let go. <laughs> Sorry. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. Right, I'm done. You're done. That was, that was great. We, we often joke about the fact of our, our different generational, uh, you know. <laughs> I feel like I connected. Yeah, you did. You connected great. Um, well, this has been a fun conversation. And I, I think at, at the, you know, just in a, in a summary recap, what we're, what we're wanting to communicate is that education, you know, is just that it's education and there are different ways to approach it. There's different ways to measure it, but, but ultimately excellence, yeah. you know, in the pursuit of wisdom and virtue. Um, and it's going to look different for different, different children. And it's going to look different, right? So it's yeah, observable. It not is me- a, we're not trying to measure it, but we can see it. I, I love that. And I love that qualification because we don't want to be like those groups that, you know, we just call it education and they do nothing. Right. right. And, and, and we've never been as much as we're for homeschool or, uh, or, or even Christian school. It's, it's always about Christian education. But that doesn't mean no school, doesn't mean no education. And, right. and there are groups out there, I, I know, I've, I've met homeschool families and had conversations where they do nothing, you know, and that's, that's a disservice to our children. We have a responsibility, uh, but we have a lot of freedom. And, you know, that's right, well. yes. So, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. So long.